yeah, that'd be fantastic. You know, someone taking care of me. I never have to change my sheets again. I never have to pay for air con- heating, right? electricity. Uh, I could turn the air conditioner, blast the air conditioner when I want, or it doesn't matter because I'm not paying for it. Like all that stuff. You get two bottled waters every day. You can day get more if you want. <laughs> Maybe if you pay for the breakfast. Yeah, you could ask for more. You know, the longer term, you know, taking in the the seasons and the you, your brain remembers the same sights, smells, sounds coming back around because different cities have different smells because of the foliage, because of the buildings, because of the cuisine, you know, every everything kind of comes together to give you that effect. When you get off of the plane in some places, sometimes it gives you like a memory of a different place because it has similar smells. Yeah, really I smell winter all the time. Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Welcome to The Bridge. According to Daniel George, business person, he's been living in hotels for three years and has given up on settling down. From dropping cleaning your sheets to paying electricity, water, heating, internet, and more, does the hotel life suit you? Would you abandon having copious stuff for a streamlined life of ease? What do you think, of Alex? Of course sure? it suits me. I'm very bad at, clean- I'm very really? bad at cleaning up my room. If someone's going to come and clean up my room on a daily basis, and the price is not so different from renting an apartment then yeah and the only drawback is maybe i won't be able to cook but you know if i could have a microwave that solves most of my problems well you know they do have hotels with little kitchens and stuff but my question is this it's the stuff i think that would be the holdback for me like you can't have like you know a massive wardrobe we've talked about i want to i want to make it very clear that my wardrobe (laughs) is not insane but I do you it'll force you it'll force you into living that what's that there's uh like 200 uh Japanese terms where they talk about being minimalist and stuff you know <laughs> it forces you to pick the ones that you like the most and plus honestly if you are living in a hotel then I feel like a lot of your social functions and whatever can be completed it can be done within the hotel premise So do you really need that many different, uh, Hmm. you know, different shirts, different whatever to fit the places you're going? Well, you know, my question is this. Okay, another one is like Summer and I, my wife and I, we've thought about going to Mm -hmm. uh, Hainan Island, maybe to Haiko or whatever. But instead of staying at a hotel, which is, you know, usually pretty expensive, we're thinking we'll just rent an apartment for a month. Maybe we only stay there for three weeks, three and a half weeks or something like that. But we don't have to pay for the hotel every day and have someone going into our room, looking at our stuff and playing with our sheets when we're not there. (laughs) The way you describe housekeeping. But like rather. (laughs) Well, you know, it's scary. I actually, you know, they have safes. I always use the safe. I put all my passports and computers and stuff in the safe because I don't know what the person going in. Uh, That means you are a very reliable a reliable person i don't mess with the safe because i'm very paranoid or i think very legitimately scared of myself not being able to open it after setting a password and forget about it (laughs) i'm paranoid too so this is what i do this is my routine the checking the safe routine is you set the password close it so it's locked and then unlock it and open it so then you know okay it works and this is how it works then you put your stuff in and lock it in there so you do like a (laughs) test run to make sure now a lot of people get concerned oh the battery's gonna go out well you know how you can tell it'll be beeping the safe will be beeping beep and every like 30 seconds beep but if it's really gonna run out right away it starts beeping rapidly beep 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 so if you hear beep 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 just take all your stuff so that's usually not gonna happen well i i lived in south korea and they don't have doorknobs and like stuff they don't have doorknobs america and china (laughs) they have no no they don't they have when you walk up to a door it is a punch pad you know it's a keypad so it's all like a a that's we have this in china right i had that every apartment i had in south korea as surprisingly i had three apartments i don't want to explain why <laughs> we'll do an but, episode just uh, on that jason <laughs> the, the one to know 
It oh, was no. about bugs. I was on my first apartment in Korea. That uh. I was on the first floor. Always a bad idea. And there was just creatures coming mm. in. I couldn't stand it, so I had to move. Anyways, um, so you have a punch pad. And if it starts to run out of batteries, for a week, it starts beeping. And then as it gets closer to running out of battery, it beeps mo- mm. more and more and more and more. The safe, when you go in, <laughs> typically is yeah. not beeping at all. Because if the, if the, you know, the service personnel would have heard it beeping, they would have replaced the batteries. So if you test it and it works and there's no beeping, then you're good to just put your Yeah, it sounds like for me, it could almost be a, a comedy gig where you're uh, you're like, why is the safe beeping so constantly? And it goes, well, the battery is running out. And you're like, hold the stop <laughs> beeping and save some battery. So it lasts longer. I'm joking. Yeah. Okay, so this is from uh, Business Insider, quoted on Yahoo.com. Daniel George was the author and the person talking about himself in the article. I live in hotels full time. It works out cheaper than renting, and I haven't changed my sheets in three years. Now, obviously, like Alex, I can see the benefits of this. If I could get all my stuff down to the point where I could just, you know, have two big cases full of my junk in a backpack, Mm. right? Yeah, that'd be fantastic you know someone taking care of me i never have to change my sheets again i never have to pay for air con- heating right electricity uh, i could turn the air conditioner blast the air conditioner when i want or it doesn't matter because i'm not paying for it like all that stuff you get two bottle waters every you can day get so more you can, if you want maybe <laughs> if you pay for the breakfast yeah you could ask for more right you could say hey i don't have enough water here i'm gonna die you know send me some bottled water right plus you get you know if you might have the breakfast so you don't even have to cook breakfast you just show up in the morning in your you know like pajamas and eat in the hotel so like yeah there's definite like pluses mm. to living in a hotel but like you can't have a lot of stuff right you know that is a huge thing we are stuff creatures we're like you know how the uh you know what are those chipmunks right yeah they stuff yeah, their cheeks yeah. With stuff and like there's the woodpeckers they they fill you know sometimes you know uh all kinds of solar towers and stuff with their seat their like acorns and junk we are like that we are also pack rat creatures you know there's a degree to some of us have a much more uh, severe problem with that. You know, we've seen those shows from UK television of people who like fill their houses with piles of stuff. I'd say I'm about in the middle. (laughs) But, you know, if you can't have certainly it would be make your life feel cleaner and neater and easier. Right. But, you know, you can't just have like a stuff. But here's the thing, like the hotel rooms, if we think about it, we never really whenever any one of us goes to stay in a hotel, it's a very rare case that you would fill up the closet in your hotel. If you really did, there's actually a lot of space. I mean, for those nicer hotels. Now, the you know, a lot of the business Mm -hmm. travel hotels, Mm -hmm. they don't really provide a closet space anymore. There's places to hang uh, your jacket because they've realized how how let how little the, the closet space is utilized by the customers so they cut that and then they cut some cost but the nicer hotels usually do have a really really good uh closet space the the band at beersmith that are friends they live in their hotel they never seem like they're in any shortage of amazing wardrobe that they present themselves in so i'm i'm like i'm fairly hopeful that it would work out <laughs> also i just want to afraid hotel room to stay in Hmm. at all times. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, I guess w- I could do it. And um, the one thing I would have a big problem with is getting rid oh, of my books. True. You know, I have like a bookshelf full of books that I, I guess I don't really read. I, my... So <laughs> I read them, put them there, and now they just sit there, right? Yeah, I guess they're just oh, there. No, you're, way better than, you're way better than me. I know we're not supposed to make New Year resolutions about things that you haven't been doing for the past five years. And that's been on your New Year resolution list uh, again this year. But I really want to finish some. I really want to finish some books that I've I've bought because there's these book exchange groups and then there's books that you can't get um mm. and they're they're good books there're a lot of like old literature books oh, right. and I got them and I haven't even touched them I'm starting a, a mini book club with my oh. friend this year but you are correct I guess books will be a problem for people who like to read physical books or like if you like collecting anything else you wouldn't be able to do that in the hotel room you could have a handful of them right two three books right in your backpack or you know in one of your travel kit but you couldn't have a bookshelf right so you know you could have that book that you never read (laughs) but you just can't have a whole bunch of them (laughs) yeah you could try to be an imposter for like one book not for 20 books you won't be able to then when you're sitting by the pool right soaking up the sun you could have your book sitting next to you while you're on your phone looking at instagram (laughs) i can't i felt i felt personally targeted for that 
no, no, I'm, I'm it's so bad. It's too. so bad. I got mm. two new books recently. I got two new books recently, and I'm I'm looking at three more that I want to buy that I found online today and yesterday. And um, I haven't read the one that I got last week yet. And ask so me like, before you buy. Uh, ask me first. Why? Maybe I already have them at my place, and you can just borrow them instead of buying your own. Oh, I gotta have these. These, the, I feel like I'm completing my collection. I'm sorry, I'm collecting all of Xi, Xi Jinping's books. Uh-huh. I have all of the four more the normal ones that everyone talks about, but there, I found, I discovered there are a bunch of little ones. There's one called Up and Out of Poverty, one called mm. Eradicating Poverty, one called uh, the the Belt and Road. But they're not written by someone else. They're written by Xi. So I mean, like they're oh, from his speeches see, and I stuff. See. And so I feel like I really re- want to complete my yeah. Xi collection. You're listening to The Bridge. One of the advantages that uh, Daniel George mentions is Mm. traveling. You know, you stay in a hotel for a while. Okay, this side of the island, I'm done. Let's go to that side of the island. But he also mentions, quote, we've traveled to 25 countries during that three years and have spent less than we did living in San Francisco (laughs) and New York and haven't changed our bedsheets or taken out the trash in years. So that does sound kind of nice because, you know, if you're one of those people who's trying to explore living somewhere is limiting that because you're anchored to Yeah, but San Francisco and New York are kind of like (laughs) a crazy place to compare with. For other people that live in smaller cities, this would be a more interesting topic, interesting interesting comparison to do. But I imagine if you you are a resident of especially San Francisco, this might be a very good experience. (laughs) And it's probably going to be hard for you to go back to a really, really pricey rental apartment in San Francisco afterwards. Right. Well, I think it's probably a lot less now because San Francisco is not exactly doing its uh, it's it's not exactly at its height. Let's put it that way. And it's suffering a lot of different malaise at the same time. So it might actually be more affordable to live there now than it was five years ago. I don't know. Um, But I did want to talk about gender for Mm -hmm. a moment because maybe this is just my own perception of things. So you're going to have to fill me in because you don't seem to fit the role that uh, my wife seemed to fit. I moved to Beijing in 2012 and I immediately, you know, within one year I was uh, uh, my wife and I were married and we were living together and we moved literally once a year. Our apartment lease would expire. I would say, let's mm. move to a new neighborhood because I wanted to. And we moved. And for like nine years, we moved and moved. Mm. And then we moved to Wuhan. Mm. And then we moved inside of Wuhan to another apartment. And we moved back to uh, Beijing. While we were in Wuhan, one thing occurred to my yeah. wife and her family it was two things. Number one, my wife's mother said, in China, Jason, of it the is man. the responsibility <laughs> of the male or whatever to buy an apartment. So we bought one and my wife kind of put a lot of her stuff there and she sort of nested or whatever. That's the gendered term I'm going to use right right today. We think get in a lot of trouble with our fans. So you can email us and tell us how mad you are. <laughs> we love the bridge at gmail.com. Um, but, you know, for then uh-huh. we moved back to Beijing and we are staying in the same apartment a year, two years now almost. But for her having that location, that nest, that that place, she yeah. seemed really happy. Not only did it make her family happy for the Chinese traditional cultural reasons, but it also made my wife personally happy that she had a place to call her own. And she seems very elated that she can go back there whenever she wants, that she can put her stuff there, that we can go there that on vacations, nice. all this other stuff. So I'm wondering, because you're also <laughs> a lady, if this applies to you. It, would you be able to do this? Would you be able to just keep mo- staying in an apartment for, say, 20 years? Or is this some kind of fun adventure thing you would just want to do for a few years and then it's time <laughs> I to I would never down? stay in the same place for 20 years. That's, that I... I'm sorry, that idea, <laughs> that idea just kind of scares me. I think it's a generational thing for sure. Cause for my parents, they felt like you, no matter where you stay, it's not your home until you own it. And if you own it, that means there's at least 10 years, you have to pay the, the loans of it, you know, um, and, and stay in the same apartment. I, I really don't, I've never done that. I've only done that even for our own, um, growing up. I think we didn't stay in any apartments. 
for over 10 years, I want to say, uh, at least from what I remembered. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, actually, I think the longest apartment that we stayed at was like probably uh, maybe about 10 years, but not longer than that. And then we moved cities. Yeah, we moved wow. cities and we were staying in uh, a nice rental apartment. And then our uh, own, uh, I had to stay in a other in another apartment for two months because we we're getting the new uh, new house fixed up and then moved to new house from 2006 to 20. Uh, oh, 18, actually. But I was uh, away for, you know, I was in the States for like six of those years. So I wasn't really stay- spending that much time. And then my family, my parents moved again. And for myself, I'm moving constantly, like two years. The longest I've stayed in an apartment is two years. Is, is the current one that I'm in. So I, mm. I felt like we've just been kind of, you know, we've been used to this type of moving and living model almost, you and I, and a lot of people our age, I mm. feel like we've just been moving around because of work or whatever, you know, those people that I used to work mm-hmm. with in my former company, which is a big tech company, they're not constantly, but they're in like rapid development stage. So they change office locations. And for my coworkers in Shanghai, mm-hmm. it's kind of ridiculous if they if they can move, they should. Otherwise, it's ridiculous for them to to commute on a daily basis. And and people do move a lot. Mm. Let's ask a different question because I'm trying to push this to its like logical mm. conclusion. You're 65 years old. You're gonna keep living in a hotel. You're gonna keep moving every year, or is it time? That to point, I feel like point. you should have a house. I think you should have a house when you're older and everything's set up to your to your um, mm. you know your preference and your habits of living. What you want things where you want things to be that can be very accessible. And you also have to think about the very sad truth that you need you will need medical. Assistance assistance or some sort of attention from people because you might be I'm hoping I, robots. I mean, okay. I think robots should be people should be developing robots towards doing things like that instead of trying to do <laughs> drawings and and ad copies. <laughs> yeah. That's just my way of thinking. <laughs> I hope what I say gets out of there so that these big developers could hear it. Hear some, you know, uh voice of reason. But yeah, I hope robots could take care of us, take care of that for us when we're there, which is like in 20, 30 years. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually thinking they'll be ready in five. So in the article, Daniel mentions that he had they had issues with Wi-Fi at Airbnbs moving around. Different people have good Wi-Fi. Some people don't. And some people don't I think they have great Wi-Fi and they have horrible Wi-Fi and they think that they have fiber optic cable, but it only takes one little bend in it or something to make it awful. So anyways, he decided to stay in large hotel brands and get all the credit card points and all that other stuff. I think it's really wonderful. If I was 25, right? And I had all my education behind me and I was starting over. That's This is what I would want to do. Become one of those digital nomads and travel around the world, go to, going to like 30 countries or whatever, living everywhere, doing... And I actually, I'm going to be interviewing someone uh, soon who does that. She's a polyglot named Alessia Donello. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right. She's a YouTuber. She speaks nice. several languages and she, she lived in China for a while. She's somewhere in Europe, not sure where. And uh, we're going to be interviewing her she mm. just moves around all the time, different mm. country, different country, different country. She's mm. not staying in hotels, I think. I think she's staying in apartments still. But I think the idea of becoming a digital nomad can be done in a variety of different ways. And it's not necessary to do it in just hotels. If you're coming from New York, then the idea of staying in major hotel brands is affordable. For the rest of us, staying in a five-star hotel every night is not feasible. I know. Yeah, affordable I can only hotels. do that when I'm yeah. traveling with friends. But, if I'm traveling by myself, I'll probably take a very nice hotel. Well, you know, I would love to stay in five-star hotels all the time, but my wife is very good at saving money. You know how you can open Alama, which is an, an app for ordering yeah. food here in China? I guess it's similar to Grubhub or whatever. For me, I see something, I want it, it costs 80 RMB, that's dinner for me and my wife, I order it. But for her, she's <laughs> examining what coupon to use and downloading the coupon and ordering the food on three different times to get the best possible deal so that it costs like 50 kwai. <laughs> it really does add up because I do the same. I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's always mm-hmm. hard for me to order. <laughs> oh, okay. So then you're both really good at that. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge.
We also have a friend of the show, Fernando. Uh, he travels around China in an RV. He's actually wow. well off. He used to own his own school, but he bought an RV and him and his wife spent two years traveling around China. And this is another form mm. of digital nomad. So you could stay in different apartments month by month and move around. You could stay in five-star hotels and move around like Daniel from our, our story here. Or you could travel in an RV, but people increasingly are living in a yeah. mobile way. They're moving around once a year, once a month once a week or if you're in an rv i guess every day yeah. <laughs> i don't know uh so yeah this is this is an, a new kind of outlook and i guess the idea of having more hotels and less apartments is feasible in kind of uh, you know uh looking down the into the future five or ten years i think the pandemic taught us to think about how we're living differently it gave us the opportunity to explore alternative ways of seeing the way we exist Yeah, I think the it's world. the key is a lot of people changed, especially people our generation, they kind of changed their way of looking at um, the prospects of life because our parents are told, at least for, you know, for Chinese people my age, our parents are always talking about you need to have your own property and that's stability. But, you know, people my age after growing up after experiencing something like this, because, you know, when it's war, when it's other, you know, geopolitical conflicts, you can still blame the people that are in charge. You can blame the the, the government or whatever. It's still something that's man-made. But when it's natural disasters like this, like, you know, just a pandemic that just comes out of nowhere or like really bad uh, natural disaster, um, you know, like earthquake or or, or, or mudslide or whatever, you start to feel mm -hmm. like, is it really, like, is it really that much better to have, to put everything I have and everything I will have in the next 20, 30 years into just a purchasing world? I said, or should I maybe plan to just live on the go a little bit because we don't really know what's going to happen next year or even tomorrow? Let me ask you okay. another question, Alex, because this is working for Summer and I. We own an uh -huh. apartment in Wuhan. Well, I'm I mean, I think technically she owns the apartment in Wuhan. So but uh -huh. we don't we don't live there. We just have this uh, like your parents would imagine is a good idea. We have this anchor of stability where we can, it's also a doubles yeah. as a storage with all facility, the books. Right. Yeah. So we. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. A lot of my books are there, which irks me sometimes. But I live here in Beijing. We have you know mm. stuff here, too. And, you know, if something were to happen, we could immediately just start shipping our stuff back and be back home in a couple of days and, you know, or not. Or we could just keep moving from city to city or just keep living here in Beijing for 10 or yeah. 20 years. It doesn't matter. But we do have some box in space somewhere uh -huh. that is our box where our stuff goes that is locked with a big steel door and all that stuff. Wouldn't your parents and you potentially be happy just to have some box somewhere while you go around gallivanting all around the globe? If the box is the in world? their apartments, yes. <laughs> not in a, If it's in a mini storage, <laughs> which is great, uh, they're not going to be. But it's. I think they've just wanted to they just want to make sure that we are staying somewhere and then the concept of staying is not like two years is not oh so yeah, it's really it's, not it's not about having something it's about living there they literally want you yeah, to yeah they want there. to be able they want us to be able to say you know the idea of homeowners is i've always been fascinated by that i feel like my perception of it when I was in the States is that not a lot of people own property, N not as many people own properties, or it's at least not a, a huge burden on people's back to buy houses, even if they're in their 40s or something. Like if they don't want to buy houses, they can still, they can, they can rent and then the rental market is, is pretty well established. Um, but back here at home, I, I just feel like even when you're in your 20s or if you're already in the workforce for like three or four years, you need to start thinking about getting a home and i don't know maybe i maybe it's very limited because mm. of the people that i was hanging out with when i was in the united states because i was most it's mostly people from my graduate school uh, maybe people are not thinking about getting uh, a place but i just i just feel like so many people are so caught up on the idea of, of saving money or doing everything you can to, to buy a house and that whole housing loan becomes something that's really um that kind of, I don't know, because I'm anti, I'm, I'm anti getting apartments early on, so I felt like it drains you. But for some people, mm -hmm. I completely understand that it makes them feel like they have a, a, a capital home now instead of just an apartment. I guess my question is this. We're a mix of mm. uh, wants and desires, and sometimes we don't want yeah. things that are compatible. So one half of me, and this is a question for you again, one half of me wants to 
go all over, travel all over the world and, and be free and whatever. And that sounds great. Another part of me wants to be in a small town where I never move again and I know everyone in the town and say hello to people mm. all day. Right. So like, doesn't that ever uh, itch, Alex? Sure. You know, don't you ever get that like, wow, it would be nice to, you know, be part of this one community stably for a long time. Go to the same bar. You see the same people go to the same grocery store, say hello yeah. to Jill at the, you know, counter. <laughs> what it doesn't that also is in that part of your mix of potential yeah. future. Well, Alex yeah, yeah, yeah. World? It is. It is very it is very tempting for me. There's something about the small town way of living, that tight sense of community that have just always been very, very attractive, especially after, you know, watching TV shows like Gilmore Girls. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you said, you know, everyone, everyone will will help you when you need and they will even go out of their way to make you just to just make you laugh for a day and whatever, you know. Um, but I, uh, I have friends who kind of figured out a, a compromise between their very nomad international way of living and still being able to have that little thing. They bought a house in Vermont. Uh, I forgot which city, but where, mm-hmm. you know, it's very much every single town that you go to that has that kind of style, that kind of community uh, way of living. They bought a house and they go there every couple of months for their daughter that's going to a school not too far away from uh, that little town. So they still get to be there for um, maybe two months or a month um, every time. It's like their vacation home, but it's not for vacation, just for like living. And then they travel back to the other side of the world wherever uh, they were uh, stationed or they're assigned so you don't have to i guess you don't have to stay there all the time Mm. some distance can be good for you as well but you get to be there for all of the town events all of the big holidays and you'll still get to you know get to know people and then you'll be the mysterious couple or mysterious house owner in town and people want to they're gonna want to know you more (laughs) isn't that better (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I can see this. I have another article here. I have a bunch of articles. The next one is from upgradedpoints.com. So I guess that is definitely yeah. pro hotel <laughs> by Lori's just based on where it's coming from. Can you live in a hotel and would you even want to? And the article, uh, which is edited by Nick Ellis and Stellan shown December 6, 2023 says hotels are pretty invested in getting you to stay longer. And so there are they it points out that there are incentives that the hotel gives you to stay and that they're actually uh, tenants' rights for hotel, you know, people who stay in hotels. And they offer, you know, obviously this is pro hotel because they are saying, hey, you could just get a P.O. box and live in the hotel. So they're really, you know, my grandmother had a P.O. box. It was actually fun. Every couple days we would go down to this place and unlock a box and take stuff out. It was was kind of an engaging thing to do. But, you know, there are pros and cons on the article about living in a hotel. So I Mm -hmm. thought we could talk through these. So hotel pros by a pro hotel website ease. You lose your key, hotel staff give you a new one. You, you know, you don't have a call locksmith. That is <laughs> wow. Nice, actually, you have twenty four hours. That's first on the list. <laughs> it is. Well, that I is never a good, important it. one. Have you ever locked yourself I, out of your apartment? I, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think I've locked myself out of the apartment. I did think that I didn't have my keys. Uh, I had a ghost in a hotel room, and it turned out the key was in my back. That's uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, then you have two scanny card things. Cleaning, obviously, we which which is a big yes. one for I think everyone, which you can get an IE to clean your apartment in China. And in, in America, we have comparable, uh, you know, services where people can come mm. and clean your home for you. Actually, my, my one of my cousins is, does that goes to wealthier people's homes and cleans their homes for them as her entire, you know, yeah. career. She makes a lot. Actually, it's surprising a lot of money um, points. So you can earn points for your, you know, mm. hotel, your credit card and other things, your company, you know, you could have meetings. You mentioned this earlier. You could have meetings there. They have lobby and you know facilities just for that security you have 24-hour home security which is nice you know like there's always security there in the hotel with cameras yeah. in every hallway probably yeah so that's nice you know utility bills uh freedom and flexibility and it says tax exemptions but this is so new to me so those are nice yeah. pros right and plus uh, there's another uh, one that doesn't mention mobility if you don't like you can it move yeah from city to city or a hotel yeah. to hotel but yeah. this is alex's paranoia coming up and i'm, I'm sure it's going to resonate with people. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can change your key anytime if you don't forget
get your key card. But the, the hotel staff could also open your door at any time as they wish. That's why they, they, they get, get the one with the safe, right? <laughs> well, yeah, true. Like you could, you could, you could lock it. The, there are different ways to lock it, you know, and then the, what do you call it? So that they can't come in when you're inside, but they still can. Then, then do the safe thing like Jason said. Then I guess problem is solved. <laughs> I don't really care if like they touch my pants or T-shirts or whatever, like my tie collection, but like, you know, things like my laptop or stuff like that, you know, passport that that's that needs to be in the safe and everything else. I really don't. What are they going to do? Look at my <laughs> shoes. I don't think they're stealing my shoes. And there are cameras in the in the hallway that are going to show that, hey, they're slipping the shoes that's into the true. little cart they have. Like, I really don't think that's that's realistic. The only thing they're going to be stealing are like extremely small, high value items. So you yeah, lock those that's up. true. That's true. Especially if you're seeing in a very nice hotel then that'll probably that probably won't be a a problem for you to worry about right yeah the nicer the hotel the more Mm. vetted the staff you're listening to the bridge So these are the cons, according to a pro hotel website, rights and protections. So you won't have tenant rights. I guess that's a counter to what it said above. So I'm confused. So uh, the hotel staff can enter your room when they suspect illegal activity. You know, sol- prob- solving this problem is easy. Don't commit <laughs> Wow. Crimes. I didn't think about that before I go to a hotel. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Price. So, yeah. Well, it says that it's uh, not the most cost effective option. But if you're moving from New York, I think it might be actually. But, you know, yes. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Lack of space. I guess depends on the hotel room. I've had some pretty luscious hotel rooms that were just that's like yeah. And, okay, control. If you go to smaller go cities again, um, you know cities that are not where land is not so incredibly pricey. Then if you go to the the hotels in those cities, mm. you can have some surprisingly big rooms, and then and it's like almost proper mm. apartment size. Mm. Well, you know, yeah, that, that that's true. I remember I was recently in Harvey. <gasps> oh God, which I'm, I'm, going so to again soon. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. There a few months ago. Yeah, I'm going next week. I'm going. Going to Harbin next week no. for the Ice Festival. I have so. Can I talk about this yes, for a second? The, you know, kind of go it. on in a second because it's, I'm going to be staying in a hotel while yeah. in Harbin. You know, I have been preparing to go to Dongbei, yes. your your home. It's a different province, but yeah, it's your general region. Um, I have thermal socks. <laughs> I have sh- waterproof uh-huh. hiking boots. I have thermal bottoms, thermal tops. I got one of those gigantic uh, soldier yes, coats, yes. the green ones. To cover my outside, I have sweaters and t-shirts and layers and down That's pants. Good. So I didn't even know this was a thing. I guess they like snow the pants they use for snowboarding, kind of like that. They're down pants, so they're stuffed really <laughs> thick. When you put when I put them on, I can barely walk. I feel like the little kid in a Christmas story where he could barely move. And then I also have uh, a baklava, which is the Russian word, I guess, for the uh, ski mask. Oh, you know. And they, I was also told to wear a surgeon masks underneath because if the baklava gets wet it'll freeze so then you have the surgeon masks which you can dispose of yeah. and change so that you don't end up with a frozen face and they have snowboarding goggles <laughs> oh that are God. not the kind that take the sun out to prevent my eye you know the eyelashes freeze sometimes in sub-zero yeah. temperatures so i won't have that as big of an issue i have then a, one of those chinese yes. soldier hats yes. you know like the soldiers wear in yeah. russia and in china and then i have gloves of course but i didn't i have the big gloves not the kind that you have the fingerprint that can use your phone so if i need to use my phone i'm gonna have to take that off then i have <laughs> scarves and i knew so and then my my our producer for this show she bought me a whole bunch of these uh, chemical yeah, heating yeah, yeah. pads to put in my pockets and in my shoes and i think if anything i'm gonna be roasting well you might still be stuff. surprised but i will say you will probably lose some of the things on your face when you get there because you still need to breathe if you're walking outside and doing stuff in the ice world <laughs> you'll you'll get used to it but just be mindful that that don't expose your skin too long um in the cold air yeah yeah you'll be okay i've already experienced this this year and Beijing a couple days ago, I took my phone out to take pictures. The battery went from 50% to like 13% in mm. like 10 seconds. And then yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah. it turned off automatically. So I'm going to have to put an ele- a chemical heating pad mm. into my pocket, keep my phone next to it, 
take my phone out to film or take pictures yes. and put it back immediately. I was also told bring cash and the and have a uh, physical card for the hotel so that if your phone uh, crashes smart. and you can't get it to turn back on, you can still get a taxi back. Very smart. This it. is a good time to go. I think that city is very it was it is overwhelmed with visitors from southern China to those who go to experience the, the wonderful, fabulous winter there. So mm-hmm. they're really ramping up all sorts of ways to welcome the visitors and tourists and make sure that they feel like they're home, you know. And I'll be staying in a hotel. But my point was, before I started that rant, I stayed in Harbin in the summer in a hotel. And we it was a reasonable hotel. I think it was like three or four stars. You know, it wasn't like super expensive. But the room was gigantic, unnecessarily. You know, there was like all the bed and then the stuff in one part of the ho- mm. hotel room. And then you walk like 15 meters away towards the window. And then there was like a little table and a chair. And I was so confused. Why is this hotel room so yeah. enormous? Like it was bigger than my apartment yeah. in Beijing. And but every <laughs> room was like that. They were all because we, we were walking down the hallway and some people had the yeah. doors open. So you peek in, you know, people are sitting in there. Every room was just ginormous. I didn't understand it, but I guess you're you're right. The space is and the cost is just yeah. so low. Why not? You know, and if you go into these smaller yeah. cities, then you could just have gigantic The hotel biggest hotel rooms. room we stayed at was in Sanya. It was uh, this one smaller surf town that just got on the map in recent years. So it, it's not overly pricey yet. And we, uh, it was five friends that went together and we rented three hotel rooms and ours was the most expensive. We're paying 450 koi per night and it's a giant living room meaning that you could walk on both sides of the bed and you know kind of run around a little bit and then connected to mm. it is mm. a giant kitchen and it's called the meeting room mm. and there's a giant meeting table mm. and then a lot of chairs and other big space and then there's a big patio uh, for us as well I guess people use that place to party yeah wow. I mean it's a private patio yeah a private patio so but it's not like wow. decorated in a very very fancy way you know it's more like a you know the hotel doesn't even have uh elevators it's like six floors so we have to walk up there it was quite a torture for us and then that's the 450 quiet and then our friend's place was i think 200 or something and it's also kind of a a version of a of a suite uh without and they have their private patio as well so i imagine if you go there and you just pay that you probably get a cheaper price so you'll be paying like maybe four thousand quiet to live in that <laughs> hotel for a whole month I have to say, my wife is uh, really turned me on to the idea of a longer mm. vacation where you just stay there for a month and you don't stay in a hotel, you stay in an apartment. So, you know, you rent one of these fully yeah. furnished apartments that's kind of small, and then you live in that city or wherever you're going for a month. And that really appeals to me because, number one, you know, it's much more uh, private, you know, like no one's coming in mm, there. That's and true. I don't mind the sheets not being changed mm. every day or something or yeah. every few days. So I really like the idea of like, hey, it's kind of like it's it's a new experience because you have vacation, you go to the hotel, you have your stuff, you travel around, you get taken care of a lot. But the idea of living in a place for a month at a time as a vacation really sounds appealing because it's almost like experiencing living there in a different kind of way. I really had the idea. I think when I was in my mid 20s, I was saying to people, my dream life would be just like staying in one city for like four or five months get to know kind of the local vibe while doing mm-hmm. some kind of job and then move on to the next city um but the, 10 years later that has proved to be not so easy it's not even about being practical if you want to live that kind of life it's actually pretty hard uh, you have to be able to provide for yourself whatever job you choose to do and you have to be able to have a very open mind to different cultures and vibes and if you pick the city that you thought you were going to enjoy and it turned mm. out otherwise you have to be okay with that as well but now I'm still trying to, I'm really trying to travel a lot more this year. Um, But I think my big travel vacation is still waiting ahead of me because I really want to spend like maybe three months Mm -hmm. or something to explore Europe. Like staying, like you said, stay in a town, stay in the Mm -hmm. city, Mm -hmm. not just to go hit the tourist spots and then leave. Like I want to, I want Mm -hmm. to see Mm -hmm. how people how people live, how people enjoy their days, how what it looks like when they're all busy, you know, what the city goes through. Like, I want mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm. able to experience that on a much slower pace. So 
We'll see. We'll see if we can both mm-hmm. be in that place where we can travel a lot more and then take much longer vacations or turn that vacation into my job, actually. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting idea. I like that idea as well. One of the things I noticed about living, you know, I'm sure you had this experience, too, because you also lived mm. in other countries. Is living in South Korea and living in uh, moving around to different cities in America and living here in China in different cities is the way that you your mind remembers the same season in a new place when it comes back around. Like Beijing, for example, my first couple of years, I could start to smell, oh, this is Beijing spring coming. You know, this is Beijing summer coming. And so whereas you could live in a place for a month or six months, I really like that idea. And I think it's magical. There's also the, you know, the longer term, you know, taking in the the seasons and the you, your brain remembers the same sights, smells, sounds coming back around because different cities have different smells because of the foliage, because of the buildings, because of the cuisine, you know, every everything kind of comes together to give you that effect. When you get off of the plane in some places, sometimes it gives you like a memory of a different place because it has similar smells. Yeah, really I smell winter all the time. Lot. No, I no, smell winter during. when it gets, when it gets, you know, that. oh my God, you know, that famous line in, in Gilmore Girls when, when the main character says, I smell snow. I smell mm. winter when the air changes. It could be like not as cold mm. yet, but the mm. air changes. And I feel like that's, sometimes I do feel like, mm. oh, it's like, oh, it smells like New York winter or, or whatever. Mm. Mm. I don't want to quote anything from this article. I only just put a bit of it in. I thought it was really interesting. There is an article from 2023, November tell, from the Telegraph, uh, the long stay hotel guests who book in for months or even years from New York to Thailand. So this is not just Daniel. This is a there's a, mm. a group of people that do this. And so I've even seen it in movies where this like, oh, you know, so is Mr. So and so lives on the 31st floor yeah. for 20 years. So the idea yeah. of living in a hotel is an interesting concept because, you know, you can have if you have less stuff or I guess, you know, if you stay in the same hotel room for long enough, you probably can just accumulate all your stuff there. I imagine probably, it's probably and then it's, it's just a the physical limit of space. But also <clears> you would also think, why are you not registered under any property at all for rental or for ownership? What? Who are you? It's fun. <laughs> get people guessing. In that that hotel uh, based article we just read read from a little bit, it mentions tenants rights. Now, this is something that America has yeah. more of, I think, than a lot yeah. of other countries around the world. But some specific states have enormous tenants rights. In some cases, it can be almost criminal. Whereas someone's living there, they can actually end up taking the it's, property from the real owner. That's one thing that owner. I could understand. <laughs> so I think that it's, yeah, I, that's happened. You can find YouTube videos about instances in which squatters or people who overstayed their uh, rental agreement and just kept living there eventually found ways to take the apartments or homes yeah. from the actual owners yeah. through legal channels. And I find that shocking. I, like, I'm, I don't understand yeah. the law at all. I think I, I this, first heard about happening. this when I was in the States, there was like abandoned buildings in Brooklyn where I was staying. And there was always news coming out and saying, you know, there's conspiracy theories all the time when buildings catch on fire, you know, people, people go really dark in terms of how Mm. fires happen. But, um, there are news about how, uh, people just kind of try to people who didn't have a place to stay and they try to just break into the apartment that's, or the, the property that just didn't look like anyone was using it. And they stayed there for a couple of years. And when the developer comes back or when someone else purchases the property, then they refuse to move out and they can receive apparently like eventually receive really large sums of money or they just let them stay there, which is kind of crazy. But apparently it's not just the U.S. My friend is moving to Berlin um, Mm -hmm. and she was looking for apartments because you have to have your name on the lease to get a tax card for the company to pay you all of that. And uh, our friends who are also German said, hey, why don't you just rent our apartment? Because um, and then she's like, and your apartment's apartment's too expensive and stuff. But they said, no, 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 no. We'll we'll talk about that because (laughs) we want people to be in our apartments in case that situation happens. So it's the same situation Mm. in Berlin, at Mm. at least in Berlin. I don't know the rest of uh, Germany, but in Berlin as well, that if someone else is occupying your property for enough time, there is a high chance that they can take your property. So she's moving into their place, but that's, I don't know, 
other about other European countries, but I, I really, I cannot understand the legitimacy of of that uh, law. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't. They're too. get it that you can't afford your rent for a month. Then maybe there should be like a Grace certain period, amount of time extension. where you have yeah. to get your stuff together. Yeah, that does punish the actual owner too because they may still be exactly. making mortgage payments and stuff, and they might not be able to afford those without the. So this very complicated issue. It's not black and white. You're listening to The Bridge. But I wanted to talk about a specific set of housing migrants is the Mm -hmm. term that's used in the article. This is abc7newyork.com, and it's by Christine Thorne, December 16, 2023. New York City Hotel Association says hotel housing migrants haven't paid in months. So this began for most everyone knows this because I remember during the Mm -hmm. pandemic this happened. A lot of people moved into these hotels. In some cases, homeless people were moved Mm. into the hotels by the police because they were like, they need to uh, not be in public. They may be spreading, you know, viruses and stuff. So these hotels took on all of these people who could not continue to pay. And what's bizarre is... In a lot of cases, they're still there Mm. years later. And so this is costing hotels a lot of money. According to Vijay Dandapani, the head of the hotel association, hotels in New York City are collectively owed by these tenants who have not been paying $130 million. That's that's it, I guess, if they could fill every one of those rooms for the full amount of time that those people have been staying. But like everything in America, this is not just, okay, you need to leave the hotel, Uh madam or sir. They have tenants' rights, and so they cannot be expelled. And so so this has become one of those very gray, very complicated things that's going to need to be going through the courts. For oh, a very man, long you know, I, I don't know if I've shared this before, but when I was in <laughs> when I was in high school, my dream relationship was to marry. My dream marriage was to marry the, the son of a, a big hotel uh, tycoon. So I kid you. <laughs> Did you were you a fan of Paris Hilton? It was, was that before this her. I was I was more original. <laughs> I was like, I don't I don't want the family pressure. Uh, uh, the family pressure or the responsibility on my shoulder to because look how people are commenting on Paris Hilton because she's actually the the heir of of a family fortune. I don't need to be the heir. I just need to be kind of the outsider in the family. But I also just get to stay in hotels all the time. Wherever I go in the world, there's always a hotel room waiting for me. But does the, the, the what you what you just mentioned it's is it's, uh, exactly why it's kind of also horrifying. Not horrifying, but you need to think about if you want to be a hotel chain owner what what if these people just don't pay what can you do mm. to them because i imagine if you expel mm. them you know <laughs> i imagine them. if you expel them <laughs> violently then that is a huge pr dent on your brand image and that's going to take even more money away from you i think it also might be illegal to the point where the police would reinstall oh my inst- god see that's the things i don't want to deal with on i don't want to deal with none of that jason i just want to i just want a nice hotel room so i don't envy paris hilton i envy paris hilton's husband so, you know, we don't have a lot of time left, but we do have some. And I wanted to talk about mm. a related topic. So um, this has been proposed by Elon Musk. And there was a, a gentleman named Yang who ran for president at one point in the United States in the mm. last election cycle that has also pro- proposed universal basic mm. income. Because, well, firstly, in the future, we might not be able to work if AI is making the art already. And now we have robots coming and factories are filling with robots, too. Eventually, they're the the need for human labor is going to be really substantively different. And the possibility is a lot of the population in the world will be relying on universal basic income and we'll all just have our universal basic income. And that is how we will survive. And then I have no idea Mm. what we're doing for work. So it mentions there's an article, businessinsider.com, homeless people, monthly stipend in California. uh, And it mentions people were given, and this is interesting to me because I'm also interested in homelessness. Homelessness. Seven hundred and fifty dollars a month was given to homeless wow, people in what? California, <laughs> and what they spent it on. Yeah, it was an experiment okay, in, one, in one city, not to yeah. all the homeless people, because that would yeah. be hundreds of thousands of homeless people. But uh, they actually did. It did help them of become. Course 
sheltered. And that is the that is the point I want to make. Well, a lot of people I've I've even had arguments with people online are so concerned about alcohol and drug use that they're like, no, no, we can't give them an apartment to live in until mm. they fix their addictions. But the other side of that is they're never going to be able to fix their addictions unless they have the conditions in which to live a better life. If you're sleeping in a cardboard box and, you know, in the drizzling rain or whatever, I mean, the incentive to drink to drown away your sorrows is there. If you have an apartment, the opposite is true. So this study actually proves that if these people, these 100 people in California's Los Angeles County and San Francisco Bay Area who were given $750 a month, no questions asked, in fact, did become in many cases unsheltered again. And so they did not prioritize substance abuse. They prioritized improving their lives. And so this proves that maybe the American system of looking at people who are unsheltered, these homeless people, actually need to be sheltered and taken care of before they can kick these other issues mm, that they're that's having. That's a kind of a corporate social responsibility type of a deal that you decide to make a lot of money from people living in your nice space. Yeah, there's that too. I'm a very strong advocate that the government's responsibility is to ensure a better future mm. for its civilians, yeah. for the citizens that live inside of it. I know that there are people in the United States who think the government's only responsibility is to maintain the existence of the borders or something like that, or some sort of defense thing. I very much am socialism with Chinese characteristics yeah. system where the government actually takes it upon themselves to alleviate the mm. ills of society mm. and improve the conditions of people. So when I look at around China, I see the society I wished America was mm. becoming. And I'm not saying America needs to copy everything in China, but I definitely think that America should look towards our own 1930s yeah. New Deal and look for opportunities to enhance and grow the parts of that New Deal in today's world where we could see people on the streets yeah. not living on the streets. And the I think the idea of of living in hotels is an interesting, uh, you know, idea because if if the government could control kind of like housing situations or stipends for people, we could alleviate a lot of that almost mm. instantaneously. We could just provide homes. You know, there are more homes in the United States than homeless people that are empty. So the problem is the way that society is structured for America. In my my view, all those empty homes and all of those homeless people. You know, when out when you're a kid, you're given these blocks. Some of them are squares, and some of them are circles, and some some of them are triangles and you're given objects with holes in them and you're supposed to figure out which ones go in which place. And it seems to me that with 650,000 homeless mm. people in America and millions of empty homes, I see which shape belongs in which, I <laughs> which <know>. hole. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's all the time we have. Uh, do you have any last I thoughts, think, Alex? Uh, don't take other people's apartment. <laughs> don't be a squatter. Don't be a squatter. <laughs> don't be a squatter. But don't be a squatter. You know, it's 2024. Uh, we hope the world is going to towards a better direction and go out and see what the rest of the world has to offer for you to explore. Yeah. Sure. Um, also, if you guys want to add to this conversation and let us know whether you would stay in a hotel or not, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Shangwanjiewen, And I will respond to you. I respond to people who are messaging me all day. All right. Thank you so much for your time, listeners. Thank you so much for your time, Alex. Thank you, Jason. 